Hi everybody, it's Erin and Meg and welcome back to this week's episode of the Love You Mean It podcast. This week we were so lucky to have on one of my favorite TikTokers. Her name is Monica Stark. She is studying to be a dietitian. Actually, she just finished her master's, which is so exciting. Woohoo! And she is coming on the podcast to talk about honestly everything from body image to trigger warning, disordered eating. Also just like the body neutrality movement and everything like that. Meg kind of just touched on this, but we really just wanted to give a really big trigger warning because in this episode we talk about like meg just said disordered eating we talk about her eating disorder we talk about just how like bodies are perceived on social media and so if anything regarding like how you view your body or disordered eating does affect you i would recommend not listening to this episode and listening to some of our past fire episodes yeah so you know grab a drink hang out and listen to this episode whatever drink you need right now just go ahead and get it but we really just want to make this intro as quick as possible so we can get right into the episode yeah so before we do that we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping as always check out the link in our instagram bio you can find everything that you'll need to do there you can listen to our episodes you can donate to the podcast you can shop our merch wink you can donate to a variety of social causes and other things as well so just check it out don't forget to leave us a review on apple Podcasts. it really means the world tell a friend about it tell your mom literally tell anyone it make it literally makes a world of difference for us it helps us get discovered i think this is just your weekly reminder to keep up with the book club pick for the month we chose oh God, yeah. and then she was gone by lisa jewel i believe i'm um, right. not really sure about that but i know the name of the book it's and then she was gone you guys can check out our instagram if you want to see the cover of the book obviously we do we're going to be doing an extra episode at the end of every single month so stay tuned for that we'll obviously announce it but just this is just like your weekly reminder some people like us don't finish a book in a day and it takes them a few weeks and so we just want to give you the weekly reminder because we obviously want you guys to be able to participate in the episode yeah um and if you want to check it out we have a description of the book so it gives you a little summary in case you want to see if you're interested and also don't forget to download the app libby or overdrive so that you can read along with us if you don't have a library card you should probably get one because hot girls read um Mm -hmm. reading is sexy i don't know if you guys knew that but so that way it's free and no one has to pay anything because hot girls don't pay for shit so it's also a hot girl move yeah so you know with that we're gonna get into our segment if you're new here welcome bestie welcome we're so excited to have you we love expanding our community and if you are a return listener thank you literally from the bottom of my heart thank you for coming back and listening to us it makes honestly it just makes me so happy yeah it really does like i think about all of you the people that listen every week like sitting in a room and there's a lot of you i was gonna say there's like low-key like a decent amount so i don't know i just really appreciate you guys Mm -hmm. but every single week every week yeah we do a segment called what we're loving and what we're hating and we get the negative shit out of the way first. I'm hating when places get my order wrong. I know this has happened to you. Maybe you had a bad day and you know what? You you need a good dinner. Or maybe you're really hungry and you're like, yo, I'm really excited to get this dinner. You go, you place your order and you're like about to open the bag and like eat and it's wrong. And it's just really disappointing. Tonight, after we filmed our episode, Aaron and I went to Chipotle and I ordered queso and they didn't give it to me. And the queso is my favorite part of the meal. So as you can imagine, I was kind of upset. But like the entitled white woman I am, 
I went on Twitter and I told them that they forgot my queso and they've always been homies in the past and they've given me free queso. So I really appreciate it. Shout out to Chipotle. Your customer service is really great and I, I mean, love it you. it just like works out because like you ordered it, you didn't get it and then, then instead of having to go through like the whole refund process, like yeah. just give you like a coupon for next year. Yeah, time. I'm like, dude, just give me, just, you know, give me a freebie and we're good. I will always go to Chipotle period it was really good for dinner they laid it on thick it honestly was the guac was like especially good tonight so i guess it kind of made up for the lack of queso mm-hmm. but what are you hating this week erin well i'm hating this week is pretty dumb as per usual it's making my bed well meg and i both went home we're recording this late on mother's day meg and i both went home for mother's day to our respective homes and i brought my laundry and i brought my sheets and now i have to put new sheets in my bed oh and God. i'm contemplating like whether or not i should just lay down on my mattress pad so i guess we'll just see um i'll report back but i've honestly done that before i really just hate making my bed especially because my bed is like flushed up against a wall and so like it's so hard to like make your bed you have to go around all the corners i'm excited for like when i'm like an adult and like my bed is like in this court is like just like in the middle of my room you know and i can just like walk around and just put it on all the sides the worst when you're really tired and you forget that you haven't made your bed see that's what i do like i'll bring my sheets home and then I'll, like, get my laundry, bring it back, and I, like, completely forget that, like, I took my sheets off, and then I get my bed, and I'm, like, that TikTok noise that's, like, fuck! <laughs> that's me every time. Me just getting a blanket and laying down on my yeah, on my honestly, bare mattress. Honestly, that might be the vibe tonight, because it's 9 p.m. and we're recording this, and I still have to edit the episode. You so. should bare back your mattress. Mm, yeah, maybe <laughs> I'll think about it. But what are you loving this week? What I'm loving this week is a small business. Woo! The name is Babina, so it's, like, babe and then Ina, like, I and like like Ina Garden but Ina (laughs) (laughs) and it is an Etsy shop and they have amazing jewelry I purchased one of those like trendy like rectangular initial necklaces the gold ones I know you know I know you guys know what I'm talking about I got one of those and then well actually my boyfriend bought it for me I told him I want it obviously because he would have no idea but um I also got one for my mom for Mother's Day and she really liked it and I also got like another necklace from there and their shipping's really fast and they have great customer service. So would definitely recommend checking them out. But I'd love to see it. What are you loving this week, Erin? What I'm loving this week is my second shot. Woo! Woo! I was going to say that I was hating this week, my side effects, but I'm not really hating them because it means that the vaccine worked. But basically, I was just feeling really warm and I had a headache and I felt really achy and my ears really, really hurt for some reason but all normal and side effects are a good thing but on friday i got my shot and i feel completely fine now over 48 hours later i I would say probably like 36 hours after i felt fine so if you still haven't gotten your second shot and you're waiting on it don't be nervous it'll be fine drink a lot of water take some advil or ibuprofen and you'll be all set shot girl summer y'all we Mm -hmm. are fully vaccinated i feel really cool now um in two weeks we will actually be like bionic yeah so i'm pretty excited about that bionic because we the, have natural that, immunity that was from a when joke. we had we, covid that was a joke we know you can still get covid yeah obviously thank you guys so much for listening to this intro and we will be right back with monica Woo! hi everybody we're back with monica and she's just going to tell us a little bit about herself hi everyone i am monica stark and i am studying to be a registered dietitian i'm in now my second year of grad school i just finished my first year last week i had finals week yes (laughs) thank god yeah Yeah. (laughs) and a really quick turnaround i'm starting my dietetic internship 
tomorrow at like oh. 7 30 in the morning so oh, you're crazy yeah <laughs> I didn't plan it like that it's oh. just my program but yeah so I am in my final year and I'm also a part-time barista just to make some extra money in grad school okay so what are you hating and loving this week I guess we could start off with what you're hating this week hating this week I am hating internet trolls like seriously they annoy <sighs> so much they're not on my videos which mm-hmm. I I actually have like a pretty positive audience mm-hmm. on my TikToks on other people's TikToks they are just like savage and I'll go through and like report them all or like respond to them and mm-hmm. the weirdest thing is though like you click on their profile and they're literally 13 year old boys and I'm like I don't mean to like stereotype or anything but like 13 year old boys are like the bane of my existence sometimes I'm like you should not be able to comment like I don't know how to speak to teenagers like genuinely if I had to interact with one I don't know what I would do they're just like and they're they're so rude well I feel like Like, it's all like 13 year old boys or it's like people with like zero followers and then like no profile picture it's like just a spam account and I feel like mm -hmm. people have just been like so mean I mean like kind of similar to us like we didn't really have anybody being like mean to us but we've interviewed like other like influencers and stuff like that and they've been like everyone's been so mean especially like since like COVID started and everyone's just like home all the time and they have all this like pent-up energy yeah negativity and they're just unleashing it on like innocent creators on TikTok I'm like get a life (laughs) I know seriously it's so frustrating okay on a positive note what are you loving this week I am loving family I just um was able to go back uh for Mother's Day today and see the squad I got to see my boyfriend and my brother and his fiance and my sister and I hadn't seen them in like two months so that was that was nice yeah (laughs) oh my god okay so I guess we'll get into the rest yeah so what made you want to become a dietitian yeah so this is a good question there are a lot of things that brought me down this path um I honestly didn't know what a dietitian was until I got to college growing up my dad had like a lot of health issues he had like heart disease and he had had like a bunch of surgeries and he's had six stents put in his heart so growing up I think that like having a parent who was ill all the time was like kind of a motivator for me to not only like not go down the same path but also to try to like help him get better I guess Mm -hmm. so that's where a lot of like interest in nutrition came from because I was like searching on the internet like okay what is heart disease like how do you prevent it and all this stuff and so much of what I was reading was like all of this is diet and lifestyle based and I was completely ignoring like the genetic factors and you know all the all the other things that I know about now but at the time you know watching documentaries which are really polarizing and like watching YouTube videos and stuff like that's where I got my information from mm-hmm. and that kind of created this like monster within myself where I was like everything has to be healthy like we're not having like any processed foods in the house and like I kind of got like super hyper focused on nutrition and at the same time I also had really terrible body image issues so I like hated my body I thought everything was wrong with my body and I was always like the first of my friends to develop and like I was always the tallest you know I you know got my period first like all these things and I think all of that together kind of led me down like a really like bad relationship with food And then um, when I got to college, I talked to one of my advisors and I was like, just trying to figure out what career path I should be going down and what I should be studying. And she was like, oh, well, you're talking a lot about like food and nutrition. Like, have you heard of dietetics? And I was like, 
no. So that's kind of how I happened upon that major. That's awesome. I know. Like, I feel like, I feel like you just made a good point that documentaries and stuff can be so polarizing. Like I remember the other day, I mean, this isn't really like diet, but we were watching, um, that documentary, See, um, oh, sea <laughs> I can't even say it. Sea it's, called, it's called Sea Spiracy. Yeah. And it was just talking about like ocean agriculture, I guess I would say, mm-hmm. and how that affects everything. And we watched it and I was like, oh my God, we're never eating like fish ever again. Like this is so horrible. And like, I mean, we haven't since, which mm-hmm. is like good, but it's like also it's hard to not fall into kind of like the black or white thinking when it like comes to all of that. Definitely. That's, that's a good point. Also, like I thought documentaries were a really good like source of information like they're not Mm -hmm. biased or like they use studies to back them up but Mm -hmm. after like actually learning how to read research like and that's something I learned this year in grad school like my first year of grad school like undergrad I did not get it but like now I think I can say I understand how to read research and I think a lot of people think they know how but don't actually or don't know like what good sources of information are and after learning that I realized like documentaries it's called cherry picking where they like pick like one study and then they blow the results like way out of proportion and they make all these assumptions and all these generalizations that like aren't necessarily like real life like sure like in a perfect world like these results could happen but like it's just it's really hard not to get so swept up with like the story in the Mm -hmm. documentary that like no I've like watched (laughs) documentaries like I think it was was it cowspiracy I think so there's literally so many like spiracy documentaries (laughs) they all ended spiracy but I watched that and then I went vegan for two weeks like cold turkey (laughs) and that did not go well (laughs) Yep. yep I was like, I'm not eating. I was like looking at at all the ingredients and I was like, this isn't good. Like I'm cutting this out. And then I was just like miserable because I didn't do it correctly. And I had no idea what I was doing. Also, it was really expensive. (laughs) I was like spending, I was like in literal like high school and I was like, okay, like I'm going to do all this stuff. And it just did not work out. But yeah. Yeah. And I, I will talk about this later once we get into like eating disorder stuff, but I was vegan for three years. Cause I had seen like so many documentaries about mm-hmm. how terrible, you know, the food system is for animals and all this, like you said, that black and white thinking and with the documentaries, they don't show you like the con side of things. When I saw like all, I used to follow a ton of like vegan YouTubers and mm-hmm. influencers and stuff. And I never saw a downside. I was like, Oh, this has to be good. The mental effects of like cutting everything out of your diet really caught up to me like so quickly yeah no I felt like super tired and I was just like I am cranky and I just I don't yeah it was a lot I think like if anyone wants to go vegan they should do it like over time and like slowly start to like cut things out and or just like work with a nutritionist or a dietitian like you and Mm -hmm. like they can figure out what's best for them and like Mm -hmm. their broad their body because everyone's different so yeah so I guess kind of talking about like dietitians how do you become a dietitian or if somebody like wanted to become one in the future like how would they go about that yeah so it's a little bit more involved nowadays because starting in 2024 everyone who wants to become a dietitian is going to need their master's degree so Mm -hmm. first you have to do your bachelor's degree in dietetics and then um, you're a senior year you apply to what's called a dietetic internship and that is kind of like med school in a sense where you go through um, like different rotations where you're out like in facilities in the community and you I think you have to do 1200 hours of supervised practice so you do rotations in community nutrition food service 
um, and clinical nutrition and anything else that your program provides. Um, but those are the three that you really need to um, like get your hours in. And then you can either do that as a standalone program or you can combine it with your master's degree, which is what I'm doing. So just finished all my master's classes and now I'm going into the internship literally tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and then once you finish your internship, then there's a registration exam. It's like a national exam that everyone needs to pass. And then you can become licensed and become a dietitian. It just sounds like so much work, but that's going to be so worth it. Like when you get to the end, like looking back on everything, it's going to be awesome. I didn't realize like how clinical it was. I know. Like I feel like it's almost like being like a PA or like a I don't even know that just our physical therapist or something. Mm-hmm. It sounds very similar. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. How did you get started on TikTok and has it been a positive or negative experience? Yeah. Also, because if anybody doesn't know, Monica is a TikTok star. So <laughs> not uh, to flex on you, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you. TikTok is really new for me. I started my TikTok in January and this year of this year oh wow oh my god that's crazy been quite a wild ride I think there have been both positives and negatives I honestly have no idea why I started my TikTok I just like felt this like urge I don't know if it was like a universe thing or what but like I it just felt like I had like a story to share and I like had to share it or else I like couldn't sleep or something like I just had to so my first TikTok ever I kind of just made this broad video about like, hey, do you struggle with these things? Like, do you struggle with your relationship with food at all? Do you struggle with like weight cycling or being super extra about counting calories or like any of those like really obsessive things or like even binging? That first video that I ever did went viral. And I was like, oh my God, like this is crazy. Like people started tagging their friends in it. Like, hey, this reminds me of you or like sending it to people. And it just went wild. And I got like 11,000 followers overnight. It was crazy. And that kind of just- Yeah. Yeah. So that just kind of showed like, wow, like so many people struggle with this and it's like way more common than like people really talk about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, since then it's like some of my videos kind of flop. Like it's been a while since one's gone like that viral back in... I want to say beginning of April, I had one video that has hit like 2 million views now. And I just, I never thought that would happen. I just was trying to like help, like, even if I helped one person, I was like, that would be enough for me. It's, it just keeps growing. And I'm like, this is awesome. I think the negatives are that it's hard to balance creating TikToks and school because Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person where like, if I have an idea for a video, like I have to do it or I like can't focus on anything else, tend to like kind of slack on school stuff. And I just like really want to create stuff. And that's hard to justify at the end of the day, I guess. But positives, it's created a lot of cool opportunities. Like I never thought I would be on a podcast. So this is really awesome. And thank you guys for reaching out to me. I don't know. It's just like, I feel like well, I mean, like I was a big Vine person back in the day, oh but God, I just kind of love that that's like the difference between TikTok and Vine. It's like we would never like personally on the Vines that <laughs> I watch, <laughs> I would never see like stuff that would like actually like help me or like enrich my life. I mean, right. obviously like the TikToks are really funny yeah. and like made me laugh, but like it wasn't the same as like the stuff that you see on TikTok, like stuff that you do that's like actually helpful for other people. Have you ever considered a YouTube? Yeah. So I actually started out on YouTube and my channel did not go anywhere. I had a hundred views, which were like friends and family kind of um, just watching my videos. And I also realized later on that 
like all of my YouTube videos were super like diet culture rooted and like I just didn't know what mm -hmm. I know now. So I actually deleted like all of my YouTube videos because they were just like not it at all. And I, I think it's important to say too, like you do grow so much and like it's okay if like some of your older stuff is like not good. It's learning from your past mistakes that like make you a better creator in the future. And yeah, so I deleted all those videos. I have one that's still up, which is like the backstory of my eating disorder kind of and like all it's like a really long version of like all the details and stuff so mm. I have considered it haven't done a YouTube video in a long time but mm. I do think that would be a good way to like kind of further explain a lot of stuff that's really brief on TikTok mm -hmm. or you could even do a podcast True. too yeah that would be really cool there's like so many great like health and wellness TikToks out there and I feel like you have a way of like explaining things really well and like oh thank you also like boosting people up which I love I love how positive you are and I think like you literally need to reach as many people as possible so <laughs> I feel like obsessed with I am I think she's great <laughs> shut <laughs> up I'm fangirling okay but this is obviously the kind of like going off of what we were just talking about but when it comes to like your eating disorder I don't know if you want to talk like a little bit about like your experience and how that went if you feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah, definitely. So um, it's something that I don't really like talk about with like real people. I feel like it's so easy to share on the internet because like I don't see anyone. I'm not actually like interacting with people and there's no like judgment on you right in that moment. But like talking to real people, like it took me so long to tell my boyfriend about it. I was like scared, but it ended up being totally fine. So I originally, my first experience with binging, so background, I had binge eating disorder and that started when I was in high school. I was 17 and I had as I mentioned before, I had like really bad body image issues. And it's important to note also that that stemmed from fat phobia, which I'll explain later. That's basically like the fear of becoming fat or the irrational fear of like any type of fatness. Also important to mention that if I say the words fat people, this is something I've been corrected on TikTok, that is trying to take back that word and make it not a negative connotation. It's just a neutral thing. Like fat is not a bad thing at all. Mm -hmm. And that's saying the word fat is just trying to, you know, take back the power of the word instead of making it like a negative thing. That's important to note. <laughs> okay. So back to body image issues is something that stemmed from probably me developing faster than all my friends and always just being scared of being different from people and you know being the first to you know have my hips widen and like growing fast and I was also in volleyball growing up and you know having to wear like spandex in middle school like oh my god yeah riding up your ass no. <laughs> Right. <laughs> exactly. I distinctly remember one kid talking about like cottage cheese legs and like that's like saying cellulite and I had no idea what that was. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that just like little things like that just like stick in your mind. And then all of a sudden I was so self-conscious about like, oh my God, are my legs like that? You know, like again, like 13 year old boys, what the heck? <laughs> So that's where a lot of like the body image issues stemmed from mixed with, you know, my dad's health issues that I mentioned before and like the obsession with like health. And that's also known as orthorexia. If anyone's like seen that word floating around, um, that's just like an obsession with like making everything 
as clean or as healthy as possible. Right around 17 was when prom was coming up and I was having a lot of like body dysmorphia, body image issues and thinking like, okay, I really need to quote like tone up. And I started restricting um, food. So trigger warning going on. I will be talking about disordered eating, but so I started restricting my food intake. That was really, really hard on my body, which now I know why. And I know the science behind, like, basically when you start restricting food, your body responds with this survival mode, basically. So the way that I like to compare it, and I've done this in TikToks, is if you hold your breath and you hold it for like, as long as you can, what happens when you like start breathing again is this like huge like innate gulp for air you know it's like this gasp like you need air so your body's gonna like gulp as much down as you can the same thing happens with food like when you start restricting food the second that your body has the chance to eat as much as it can it just it does and it goes your body goes on autopilot and you eat as much as you possibly can but the difference is like society's view of that is so different you have that like innate gasp for air no one's saying like oh you need more willpower in diet culture when that happens people are like you failed you're a failure you need to like have more willpower and like restrict more when that doesn't make any sense biologically at all that's basically what happened to me was I um, started restricting my food intake and I started binging. It is so scary when you binge. You have no control over it and your body is just like eating as much as you possibly can. And like criteria for binge eating disorder is binging at least once per week for at least three months. And I was binging like four to five times a week. Like it was terrible. And I kept thinking like, this is my fault. Like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So I need to restrict more the next day because I ate so much last night, I'm going to need to restrict more the next day. And it's just this constant cycle that literally will not leave you alone because your body's just trying to survive. But I didn't, I didn't understand that. My eating disorder lasted for five years and it wasn't until my senior year of college that I finally like figured out what the heck was going on. Wow. I mean, like, thank you for sharing that with us. That's obviously like a big thing, but like, I'm glad that you were able to like recognize that and just like recognize that like, that's what you were going through. Yeah. The self-awareness part of it is really hard, especially because it's triggering to even think about. So the fact that like, you're able to recognize what was going on and like get help. That's really admirable. Mm -hmm. And again, thank you for sharing what made you get help and like, what did your recovery look like? Yeah. So that's a great question. And I think this is the, well, I know this is the biggest regret that I've had like through eating disorder recovery was I didn't ask for help at all. Like I am very much the person that's like, I'm scared to like need help. And I did like still like haven't like worked with, even though I am studying Mm -hmm. to be a dietitian, I never worked with a dietitian. Um, And I think that like if anyone's thinking about working with a dietitian, like this is your sign, like literally do it. I could have like stopped the binging like so much sooner. And the only reason that I like figured out like what binge eating disorder was and like how to recover from it was because there was a guest speaker who came into our class senior year and she said she was an intuitive eating counselor. And I didn't know what that was. So And she didn't really explain it. So I just like, I just had that like little seed planted in my head, like just kind of like curious about what that was. And then we had a project where you could do like an independent topic. And so I was like, I'll just kind of like explore intuitive eating, see what that is. And I ended up like reading the book, understanding like, oh my God, like they're explaining 
everything that I have been struggling with for five years. And like from then it just like clicked and I stopped binging, but that's not to say that like, you can just read the book and like completely stop because Mm -hmm. I had been studying nutrition for four years and like everything they said in the book, like made sense to me. Cause I like had, you know, things to reference from my classes and stuff. So I think that's a huge place to start for people is reading the intuitive eating book and then working with a dietitian who can like help you make sense of the the things that they talk about and like actually apply it to your own life. Mm-hmm. You don't have to struggle forever. Like you you don't have to like reach a certain point like oh after 3 years I'll ask for help or you know it it could be one time or it could be like you're even just like curious about what dietitians do, like go see a dietitian. Like you don't have to wait until um, it's like so bad. <laughs> like we've talked about that in like mental health episodes before. Cause like we've both been in therapy. I'm currently in therapy. Like we talk about this like all the time. And I feel like a lot of people wait until like they literally are like mentally broken down, mm-hmm. have like nothing left. And they're like, time to go to therapy. But like, it's kind of like, it's great to even do it as like a preventative measure. Or like, if you feel like stuff is starting to happen, like it doesn't have to reach like rock bottom before you can get help. You yeah, know? exactly. Right. Yeah. So kind of like talking about that, I didn't know if you had any like, kind of like signs to like look for in yourself or signs to look for like in other people when it came to like eating disorders. Cause I know everybody's different, but I wasn't sure right. if there were any. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of different types of eating disorders and one of the classic signs, so not all of them have to do with like body image. Um, some of them have nothing to do with body image. Those are a little bit less common, I would say. A good resource to go to is the National Eating Disorder Association website, and they have like signs to look out for in yourself and also in friends. Um, But one of the big things is restriction of any any kind, like cutting certain things out of your diet um, or like, so that's mental restriction is cutting out um, different types of food because you think they'll be healthy, you make you lose weight, like any of those just restrictive behaviors. And then there's also physical restrictions. So restricting like the amount of food that you eat, that's also a sign. And then in terms of body image, so anytime you have like anything within yourself that you're really unhappy with. So if you're really unhappy with how your body looks, if you feel like you're not doing your best, or it's also common for people to find other things within people that they look up to. So if you have, it's called like Fitspo, like fitness inspiration or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, If there's like a certain body type that you're like obsessed with and like, that's your dream body that can lead to disordered eating. So yeah, there's a lot of different signs, but any type of restriction and any type of body image obsession, I would say are some, are two like classic signs you saying that just kind of like reminds me of like people that do the keto diet. Like, what do you think about that? Of the keto diet? Yeah. It is something that has been blown out of proportion in diet culture, I would say, because it started as a, um, a way to treat epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And now it's like completely taken over by like the weight loss industry is like this amazing new way to lose weight when it's like, so hard to maintain the keto diet and so many people like say they're doing it and it's it's not actually like even fully in ketosis like there's just it makes me 
I just don't understand. They're like, oh yeah, I'm making um, a deep fried cream cheese stick wrapped in bacon. Um, I love and when I'm, people make the TikToks and they have like their little waffle maker and they put like just shredded cheese, on cheese it. in it. Yeah. And they like make it and they're like, oh, this is my keto snack. Or like Janelle, that girl. Oh yeah. The, you know her, right? That, that nurse Janelle. Oh my God. She's yeah. like, this nurse on I don't know why I think it's so funny but she's like this nurse um like on TikTok and she's doing keto and she literally like does TikToks of like what she eats every day and that poor girl only eats bell peppers and like she makes like bell pepper sandwiches oh my god and then everyone in the comments is like oh is it bussin Janelle <laughs> Okay, that's what I don't understand is, like, how people in the healthcare industry, like, get behind, like, keto. Like, right? That's I, what I'm saying. I, I just, like, it never made sense to me. Even, like, even, like, the paleo diet or, like, Whole30 or, like, any of those, I feel like that's just a recipe for you to binge and gain everything back. Like, if you yeah. do end up doing it, I just feel like it's not, like, sustainable. yeah. Yeah. I think it needs to be like a lifestyle change if you want to like be healthier. Not that anyone has to lose weight, but like mm-hmm. if you are looking to, then it has to be a lifestyle change. I just feel so bad. Like I think it's so much more deep rooted than we realize. And it's not just like women, it's men too. And even like young kids. Mm-hmm. Like I remember being in like elementary school and thinking like I was fat. Oh my God. Like- I remember, we've talked about it on the podcast before. I'm, it's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. Well, like, it kind of is. But like I went to the doctor when I was younger and he told me yeah. I was a hundred pounds. And I cried. Like, yeah. I, was like, no. oh, well, I mean, I think I was in like fifth grade or something something and I was like oh no <laughs> I was like oh gotta hit gotta hit the we fit apparently oh my god okay oh we, yeah also we, we fit, fit told everyone that they were obese how they like yeah. yeah and how they're like oh you're obese and I was like fuck okay also this is another question I have what do you think about BMI do you think that's like relevant yeah we actually just had um like someone present in one of my classes like do you Ooh. think BMI should still be around or not mm-hmm. um Personally, I think it is really messed up. So the reason why it's still around, like we know it's a flawed measure of health, like everyone knows that, but they still keep it around because it's like a really cheap and fast way to like categorize people, which I think is dirty. (laughs) I think it's like not, I, I think people become like, that's like kind of a shortcut for people. And someone in my class was saying like, she is doing her clinical rotation right now. And she was saying that it's just like such a quick way to send you to the dietitian Mm -hmm. when in reality, like that person might not need to see the dietitian. So it's kind of like wasting money. It's just saying like, Hey, you're this certain size, like go see the dietitian, even though it's like, you know, they might not, you know, they might be perfectly happy with their weight and they might be like, Mm -hmm. have a great relationship with food. And it, it doesn't tell you, like what they say it does yeah it was like the way it was founded was like a statistician made that measurement it wasn't even like a doctor it was a statistician who made it to literally marginalize people of color and also people fat people so I didn't even know that I've also heard it was like based off of men Mm -hmm. it's not really like super applicable to women especially Mm -hmm. because women naturally carry more fat like we Mm -hmm. need to I'm yeah, sure. even across like different cultures, like everyone's body types are so different. So it's 
it's just a really messed up thing, I think, if you ask me. <laughs> so talking about body image a little bit, what about today's society do you think contributes most to body image issues for so many people? There is so much. First of all, I would say diet culture is mm-hmm. kind of this like huge monster. It's like the diet industry, which is this billion dollar industry that um, like preys on people's insecurities when those insecurities are just things that they made up to make you feel bad about. Like, for example, the whole like thigh gap obsession, like, like that was like a few years ago. And that was like some, I don't even know where that started from, but that's not an issue. Like people have different body types. And instead of like celebrating the fact that people have different body types, like they make it a bad thing if you don't have a thigh gap, which like very few people have thigh gaps. Like that's a genetic thing. And like, you can't just, you can't just like make that go away with like diet and exercise. And it's like stupid to think that like, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) So diet culture is one thing. And then also I feel like social media has the potential to be really, really good, but it's being, it's like, so so toxic sometimes like I was mentioning before if you have like fitness inspiration or like someone that you are like idolizing and your entire and your entire feed is just like the body type that you want to aspire to be like that can be so toxic um so I think you know the media and projecting like certain um body types in movies and stuff and it's getting better nowadays but it's still not good mm-hmm. where like the main character of every movie every tv show is like a thin white girl or a guy and it's always the side character that's got, that's a bigger person or um they're always the funny friend or it's you know it, the representation just like isn't there mm-hmm I know I saw it sorry to cut you off no I saw like a TikTok and it was like I realized my body image issues when like looking back and Wizards of Waverly Place and like I thought Harper was fat and I was like literally me like I was like oh she's like a bigger girl and looking back I'm like she's smaller than me like yeah I think the early 2000s really did a number on us yeah like the low-rise jeans and like people saying that certain celebrities were fat when like they're literally not at all like I don't know I'm just I'm curious though as to what you think about the Khloe Kardashian thing did you hear about that yes yes what so like how she uh, how her grandma posted that picture of her (gasps) oh and she's like literally blacking out trying to get it removed she's like can you delete it yeah so what are your thoughts on that right so um just to summarize what you said so she um like like a picture got posted of her that was unedited um just like not photoshopped she just looked like a normal person um and then she copyrighted the picture I think and like it got it taken down from everywhere like was blocking people's accounts and um and then when you compare it to the picture that she ended up posting um it was totally different like she was airbrushed and you know photoshopped and everything and I think I don't want to like throw her under the bus because I feel like there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes of like branding and stuff and like I don't know if it was her that took it down or if it was like part of her team that was like this is not your brand like we have to like Mm -hmm. you know remove it from the internet but I do think it says a lot about body image these days and like how it's not okay to break that like like glass between reality and like media you know Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of troubling. <laughs> yeah. 
kind of similarly to that, like, what are your opinions on like plastic surgery and like stuff like that? Yeah. So there's also something called body autonomy, bodily autonomy, body autonomy. I don't know, yeah. but um, it's one of those. I'm sorry. Body, body, body. Anyway, sorry, body autonomy. Oh my god! <laughs> now I can't unhear it. You ruined the word for me. Sorry. Damn it! We'll just say autonomy. <laughs> okay, yeah. Autonomy. So autonomy is basically when, like, it's your body, it's your choice. You can do what you want with it. Um, and I really support that. I think, like, if you are happy with like plastic surgery and you think that is what is going to like bring you happiness, like, all by all means, go for it. I think the issue is when we don't acknowledge things like fat phobia and we don't acknowledge things like body image issues and um, something that's also, I can't like require that everyone, you know, discloses all the procedures that they've had. Mm-hmm. If, if celebrities do that, I think it's like a really cool way to build trust with your audience and like a cool way to show that body image is like an actual issue. Um, but I, I can't blame anyone for wanting to keep that a secret, just given like the societal beauty standards that are a thing. But I think, yeah, if you can disclose any procedures that you've had, I think it's, it's really helpful for like younger people, um, looking up to celebrities and stuff or people who have had cosmetic surgery, like knowing that that's not something they can just like change with diet and exercise like it's not that's not a thing like that's actually like surgically performed on them I don't know what the tiktoker's name is but I've been seeing this in my for you page it's like she takes um pictures of celebrities that like you see on Instagram and then I don't know how but she somehow finds like I don't know if it's like paparazzi photos or something but it's like of them at the same event Mm -hmm. and let me tell you it looks completely different. Yeah. Like she puts YouTubers on there. Like I've seen like Tana Mojo. I've seen Kylie Jenner. I've seen like so many people yeah. and it's crazy. And like everyone in the comments is like, oh my God, like this made me feel so much better about myself to know that like, even they are chasing this unattainable body. And yeah. like, I don't know. I just, th- I think it's really cool that like, I mean, not to obviously like drag anyone down, but I think it's just showing you that like everyone is just like, not, not everyone's ashamed of their no, body, well, but yeah. like everyone has like body image issues and like, that's okay. And that's normal. And like, it's okay to talk about it. No, like I feel the same when I see pictures like that. Cause it's not like, I'm like, oh my God, like this bitch is so ugly. Like ah, I caught her, but it's more like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <He's> Clocked. <laughs> it's such a way with the word. I know, right? But it's more just like, oh my, it's like that, um, those like us weekly articles they're like they're just like us oh my god stop but like realistically like they really are just like us Mm -hmm. wow yep that was deep I just feel like if you want to get plastic surgery obviously do it but I kind of agree that you should to some extent like disclose it I know I've heard that like too recently that like BBLs are so dangerous and I feel like I don't know I feel like that's just so much to put yourself through it's a lot and it's I just feel bad that like people don't feel good enough about themselves and they're willing to put themselves under they're willing to put themselves in their body through so much trauma just to attain a certain look I know it just says a lot but so you talked a little bit before about fat phobia Mm -hmm. so can you elaborate a little bit more on that 
Yeah. So fat phobia is like this irrational fear of um, becoming fat, of fat people, of um, being treated like fat people do in society. And it all kind of um, comes back to the idea that fat people are oppressed in society. And um, I'll talk a little bit during the po uh, body positivity um, section. It kind of like goes hand in hand with the body positivity movement. Mm -hmm. So in society, there are so many statistics about um, like how fat people are oppressed in society, but they are less likely to be believed in um, domestic abuse and rape cases. They're more likely to be found guilty in um, the court of law when they're not guilty at all. You know, there are just like so many instances where there's a clear bias against, you know, fat people. And it's something that's like so rooted in everyday life that I feel like I didn't know what this was until recently, which it's been going on for years and years and years. But like, I think just recently, it started getting a lot of like momentum and attention. And I think that's specifically from the body positivity movement. It's like, I didn't even know any of that. Like, I, like, I feel like I've heard of fat phobia before, but I didn't realize it went like that deep, like in like that internalized. Does that make yeah. any sense? It's kind of scary. Yeah. Like even people that like identify as being fat, like they have internalized fat phobia too. Yes. That is a very good point. Um, it, doesn't matter like what size you are everyone could have some kind of internalized fat phobia um and like like you were saying before with like we fit like that's probably the most fat phobic game I can think of like it's, it's so fun but I'm it like really oh my was God. Great. <laughs> yeah. and like that is a game that families played and like little kids growing up with that that's like a surefire way to develop internalized fat phobia mm -hmm. you know so yeah it's wild <laughs> Yeah. So like in your answer, you touched a little bit about the body positivity movement. So we can get into a little bit of that. So I don't know if you wanted to kind of like elaborate on that or like define it for everybody. Yes. So this is something that gets confused all the time um, on social media. So the body positivity movement was started by um, black, trans, fat, and disabled women. Um, I believe it was 1969, but I'm not quite sure. Um, and it was this movement to end the oppression that those people face because they are living in marginalized bodies in society. And when people see the body positivity hashtag, it's like not specific to those people. So people think that like, oh, this is for any body type. Everyone should feel positively towards their body when that's not like why the movement started. It was to actually like lift up this group of people who were oppressed in um, society. You know, all those um, like statistics that I just talked about, um, trying to end those things and trying to, you know, bring equality to all those body types. I think if you've been keeping up with any like um, drama in the body positivity movement, um, I think that's where a lot of issues stem from is like thinner people taking over the hashtag and like trying to make it about like, oh, I am in a thinner body and I have had body dysmorphia and body image issues. So I'm going to use this movement to like show that I feel good about my body now when that's actually like further marginalizing, you know, fat, the fat, fat people who um, started the movement. So. Mm -hmm. 
which is something that I feel like a lot of people don't know. A lot of people probably think, like you said, that it's literally just, For oh my everybody. God, like everyone looks great. We should all love our bodies. But like, that's obviously not the point. Okay. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit too about body neutrality. I feel like that's a term that's thrown around a lot, but people might not know what it is. Yeah. Yes. Um, I also wanted to mention too, with body positivity, since there has been so much confusion on um, like what that actually means, Mm -hmm. a lot of people who fall into those more marginalized categories will use the hashtag like fat liberation or fat acceptance, fat Mm -hmm. positivity, um, just to make it like more specific because it has been so co-opted by like all the different body types. Um, So if anyone's like looking for that specific content, like that's probably where you'll find it. Um, So body neutrality is really interesting because I think it's like a nice stepping stone between like negative body image and positive body image. Um, Because so many people like feel really negatively towards their own bodies, you know, like they like actually hate themselves. And I totally was like in that category too. Um, Especially when I was in my eating disorder, like I really, really just like had so many things that I like truly hated about myself. Um, And body neutrality is kind of like, instead of making all your decisions based on like how your body looks, you more so focus on like how it functions. So it kind of takes that like negative versus positive and just like completely eliminates that. It's like, okay, we're not even going to like think about the outside of my body and just think of like, okay, like I'm, I really appreciate that I can like lift this box or like, I appreciate that I could walk up the stairs today or, you know, whatever it may be. And, um, that kind of like helps people, you know, avoid some of that like toxic positivity in um, like positive body image where everyone's like, oh, you need to love yourself and you need to like accept yourself just the way you are. And that's not like a reality for a lot of people who are really in that like negative body image phase. So it could be a stepping stone to a positive body image, or it could be, you know, that's, that's where you want to stay in that neutral and that's totally fine personally I feel like I'm more like more identify with like body neutrality because it's like obviously not every single day I'm like yeah I look fire but like I can still like have that kind of gratitude which I feel like is something that's come up in like the recent decades like having more gratitude and like gratitude journals and all that kind of stuff but it's like cool to see that like people are taking that same approach to like their bodies as well if that makes any sense right kind of an annoying part is that the summer is coming up and everybody thinks that like this is the time to like lose a bunch of weight and get like your bikini body which obviously is not like not what everybody should be aiming for but what do you think are some tips that people listening could take away just for like how to feel confident about themselves not only like in the summer but like all the time yes okay so I have two things for this one is that so there's a lot of talk of like on following people on social media that make you feel really bad about yourself. I totally support that. I think everyone should, you know, if anyone, if you're like comparing yourself constantly to somebody, like literally unfollow them or mute them if you don't feel like unfollowing them, um, just so that you're not constantly seeing their content. But it's also so important to follow people that like you want to see and diversifying your feed can literally change your life. Um, I like made it a point to like follow only people that I like that challenge my thinking or that like are people who I would not normally see on my feed or who are not normally featured in like mainstream media. And oh my God, like seriously, my like 
idea of beauty has changed so much. Like there are people of all different body sizes out there, like literally killing the game and they make the most like interesting creative content that I like will literally sit on TikTok all day long. And I'm not watching like, like some of them are funny, like comedy videos, but like there are so many of like just people of all different body types, just living their lives and, you know, like rollerblading in a bikini and like their body is like totally not what you would see in, you know, magazines or mainstream media. And they're just like loving their lives. And I think that is something that could really help be like your, I guess, like lifestyle inspiration rather than like a body type that you're trying to achieve would be, um, I guess, a good concrete thing that you could do like right now today. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing I would say is learn what diet culture is, because that is something that like when your thoughts go to something that's rooted in diet culture, even if you don't like turn off that thought, like you can just recognize that oh, I'm thinking that I need to cut this out of my diet because somebody like said that it's better for your health or someone said it'll make you lose weight or just being able to like recognize when those thoughts creep up because they're going to creep up because diet culture is so rooted in society. Mm -hmm. Like just being able to recognize that that's where it's originating from and it's not because your body's bad. It's not because like you're a bad person. It's like society's, you know, deep rooted issue that is not your fault it's like a societal thing so just recognizing when that type of thought comes up is helpful I love both of those (laughs) I know that's so great like I talked about this in a previous episode I think it might have been the last one I was talking about how when I was younger I was reading a magazine and it was right after Twilight had come out so Ashley Green said that like she had body image issues which is wild because she's like so like the ideal body type, which is like, I've literally seen pictures of her and been like, oh my God, wow. (laughs) Um, But she said that like what she does is she, like when she's going to the beach or the pool or something or like wearing like a specific outfit that she might not feel super comfortable in, she like won't look at herself in the mirror, like won't look at her body in the mirror. And then she just like enjoys her experience and is focusing on how she feels rather than how she looks. And that has literally stayed with me for like 10 years. And I just think that's so great. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. That's also um, when you like constantly look in the mirror, that's called body checking. And it's like trying to gather information about your body, whether that's like weighing yourself a bunch or like um, constantly, like even on like zoom, like looking at yourself all the time, which I you're like I do that all the time. Bro, I literally do. Yeah. All, I literally do all the shit. <laughs> you're like watching myself. Like, the whole oh time. god. And like that's something to just like be aware of too. Is like if you find yourself constantly like trying to gather all this information about your body, it's also helpful to think of like how am I feeling? Like this is how I look to like the outside world. Like that's whatever. But like how am I feeling? And like what's how am I functioning? Like that's like just shifting your mindset is also helpful. Mm-hmm. Great advice, guys. I know. <laughs> so great. So what are some takeaways that you have for the audience that you want to leave them with? I would say big one is, again, if you are waiting to get help for an eating disorder or for struggling with a relationship with food or, again, with mental health, I think seeing a dietitian or seeing a therapist is a great, great idea. And there are also eating disorder therapists who can help you through um, eating disorder recovery, too, if that's something that you're looking for. And also just be kind to one another. Don't need any more trolls on the internet. (laughs) 
We're we have a lot of 13-year-old boys. 13-year-old boys, we're talking to you. <laughs> At least the birth rate is declining though. So maybe we won't have to deal with as many. <laughs> so funny. And then finally, um, if you want to learn how to mend your relationship with food, I definitely recommend reading um, Intuitive Eating, the book by um, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. Um, they seriously break it down step-by-step step for you. And it is, it's kind of long. Um, I do have a 10 day series on my TikTok if anyone's um, looking for just like a summary of the book, but also my TikToks are not like supposed to be a patient provider relationship. It's just to, like help you mm-hmm. through mending your relationship. So yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll try and link the book if I can down below. Yeah. And then obviously like I'll link in like your TikToks and stuff, but thank you so much for coming on. I know you're yeah, such a great guest. I can't. I still can't believe you responded, but <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the episode with Monica. We're putting the link to her socials in the description of this episode, so that you guys can have it handy. It'll also be on the promo for this episode. She'll be tagged in it as well. You guys should definitely check her out on TikTok. Her content is so good. So I love. Wholesome. I just love seeing her pop up on my feed. She just makes me happy. She gives me all the good vibes. You're so funny. And th- I feel like that's really lacking on TikTok sometimes. Mm-hmm. Definitely follow her. She also has an Instagram and T. She might start a YouTube or a podcast. So yeah, we'll we keep were, you we were updated. Kind of like a gun to her head at the end. So yeah, we were talking to her about that off camera. So you know what? Maybe she'll do it. And if she does, we'll totally let you guys know. But thank you for listening. We love you guys so much. We hope that this episode. And we mean it. Yeah, we totally mean it. But we hope that this episode like at least helped one person. I yeah. know it definitely helped me. I will be listening to this when I'm having a bad body day. Yeah. When sometimes body, you feel. Yaddy, yaddy. Okay, me. <laughs> when you feel too ugly to leave your house, yeah. I will be listening to this. So love you guys. And we mean it. Love you, mean it. Hope you guys are having a great Monday. Bye. Mm.